Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Today, I want to talk about the church business. Just to give you some stats on my involvement in the church, I've been a Christian for over 30 years. I've been in professional Christian ministry for over eight years, and in that time, personally mentored over 60 people. I've spoken to tens of thousands of people on both international stages and all throughout the United States. I taught at a world-renowned ministry school for five of those years, and I led teams of ministry students both on mission and ministry trips all over the world. And I've been the headline speaker for conferences and workshops and schools and courses and seminars and what have you in that time. And to say that it was an incredible journey to be on would be an understatement. I have loved the opportunities that I've had. And I'm continuing to do a lot of those things even now. When you do anything long enough, you start to notice that patterns emerge. It didn't take long in this process for me to realize, I think we've got some problems in the system that's in place and the results that are coming out of this. I ended up having to wrestle with some nagging questions that were persistent and very inconvenient that I was able to put off for a few years, but eventually I couldn't run away. And I put them off because I wanted to succeed. I wanted to be part of this system. I wanted to be another person in this group that got to play and have fun and win. One of the questions I had to ask was, is this system that I'm part of and that we're all perpetuating effective? Is this system producing lasting results? Or is this system just keeping the bills paid? And if that's what the system is doing and if that's what the system's for, do I believe in that? Right, so as I stepped away from this conversation and just honestly started to assess some of the elements I persistently ran into, some other questions had to show up as well. Questions like, what did I sign up for? What am I gifted for? What am I called to? As these uncomfortable questions just continued to grow in my heart and mind, I just slowly was becoming overtaken by them and just couldn't continue to ignore them anymore. Now, on the subject of gift and calling, for those of us who are on that journey, it's imperative for us to discover what those things are. And I use the word discover on purpose. Um, I wanna differentiate skills and abilities from a gift or a calling. These to me are in categorically different columns. Skills and abilities, anybody can develop. You can make a conscious choice. You can exert your willpower to develop skills or abilities and be rewarded for this stuff and get really good at what you're doing. And that's awesome and I love it. And I've got a lot of those going for me. I, these are important, right? But they are different entirely from gifts that you have or the calling that's on your life. In the area of gift and calling, I've found that our creativity and choice aren't as relevant here. Gifts and callings are given to us and there's something for us to discover and cultivate and partner with as opposed to things for us to generate or choose. A gift or a calling needs to be discerned, needs to be discovered. You need to allow for these things to demonstrate themselves in your life 
and then recognize them for what they are, as opposed to trying to make them what we want them to be. I think a lot of us either enjoy incredible success and fulfillment in our work or unrelenting frustration and disappointment when we refuse to allow that natural demonstration of what's in us to come forward, as opposed to looking at what they actually are, embracing them for what they are, and partnering with them in our contribution to the world. In my experience, the most effective thing I've ever found in discovering what my gift or call is, came from giving permission to the spirit that I'm of, what's coming from me from the deepest place when I'm not even thinking about it, letting that come out, giving permission for it to be expressed, allowing wind to blow through my life, and perceiving the results, the symptoms of what's coming from me. And as I started becoming more and more honest and less and less egotistical about what I wanted my impact on the world to be and started being more honest about what was actually going on, I started recognizing some things here that I didn't author or generate but were absolutely consistently showing up. And the more aware I became of these things, the more I was able to consciously partner with them and cultivate and develop those gifts and that call. And I found these gifts and calls on my life bumping up against this thing that I'm going to call a system that the church inadvertently has been steeped in, is run by, is infiltrated by, and is actually opposed to what God is doing in the world, which is a strong statement. So I'm going to give you lots of disclaimers along the way so you, I can be nice and clear about what I'm saying and what I'm not saying, hopefully. My participation in the church world and the conference circuit and whatever else uh, continued to supply experience of problems that I'd didn't anticipate, but kept running into these patterns, right? Why is this a dead end? Why is there an invisible ceiling here? Why are people not allowed to fill in the blank? Not moral issues, other things. There's a whole culture established in the church world that wasn't unique to any particular isolated congregation, but that was pervasive throughout the church world. I discovered that this problem I kept running into wasn't particularly with the pastors or the church building or the location or the Sunday morning service. It was this system, this ghost-like, enigmatic, mysterious, almost invisible thing that I'm now calling a system that was absolutely perpetuated in the practices and ideologies and attitudes of the people that made up church, particularly the leaders, that was keeping people from what I believed we were supposed to be doing and that what my work, my gift and calling were unto. It started feeling from a consciously responsible place that what the ecclesia, the church, was supposed to be in the world and how it's supposed to function has been replaced by this modern Western evangelical machine that is masquerading as the church and taking its place and convinced people that what this thing is, is church. And at this point, I feel very strongly to say that is not true. These things have been conflated. One of them is God-inspired and necessary and beautiful and will last. The other one is man-made and controlling and dominating and problematic and getting in the way of what this thing is supposed to be. And it's on us to address what's happened and undo this monster that we've created. It's taken me a long time to even find language to be able to say this to you, so I'm thankful to be able to name some of these boogeymen that I've just had to run from or survive for so long. But within this system that I was part of, that we call church, that I've had to differentiate, uh, there are also these roles within the system that empower, support, and perpetuate the existence of this system. 
it might show up in the form of a general leadership team or a particular leader or just pastors at large. And I don't think this is about any one of those particular individuals or the role they're trying to play, but within the system, these roles were created. And I just wanna lump all of those different roles into one simplified sweeping function. I wanna call them gatekeepers. Typically somebody in leadership is gonna be functioning in this capacity. These gatekeepers are running around making sure that the congregants are adherent to the moral code, the ideological beliefs, the attitudes and practices that come from the governing authority of that organization, typically the leadership team, right? We've got a whole hierarchy and structure of people who've been put in place, different gatekeepers who have different perspectives of how do we keep this system intact and make sure that people continue to stay within the lines of what this system requires in order for it to succeed and to increase. If we were talking about the kingdom, I'd be praising this thing and celebrating and participating in it, but I'm not talking about the kingdom. This system is something that men came up with and put in place. It's more of a business model than anything else in order to perpetuate something other than what I would identify as the kingdom. These gatekeepers address beliefs, questions, attitudes that a congregant might come up with that's different or contradictory to what the head of the structure wants everyone to believe, and they will coax you out of those places. They will use all kinds of tactics to change your mind to get you to comply and conform with what the head honcho wants everyone here to believe and how they're supposed to practice it. Um, critical thinking, questions, deconstruction, these things are not permitted within these church structures. Typically, oftentimes there's this group think and a coercion to get people within this space who call themselves men members and who are upstanding citizens in this community to comply with these things. And if people don't do that, depending on what they're not agreeing with, oftentimes the result of that clash is that person who isn't complying is excommunicated. They get excused, they get asked to leave the church. Um, I've seen this happen a lot. I've seen this happen to good, upstanding people who are genuine and authentic in their pursuit of God and their application of what they see in the Bible. But this system demands that we in this congregation see the same thing in that book that the head guy sees. We're supposed to comply with his perspective, his theology. As a business, I understand that. As an organism inspired by the Holy Spirit, commissioned to infiltrate this place and bring love and light and transformation and grace, I think we see a moral contradiction here that's actually conflicting with the end result. I see in the Bible that leadership within the church is supposed to come under the people, support and serve the people, not lord over them, not manage them. I see in the Bible that these people who've been called by God are, are supposed to equip the saints for the working of ministry. So when you step away from this system and you start recognizing some dynamics and patterns that are consistent across the board, things like this system protects, prioritizes, and emboldens the leadership whilst also treats the congregants as expendable variables in the equation. There's something wrong with that on a fundamental and ethical level. This is not conjecture or exception or subjective experience. This is statistical within the evangelical body at this point, specifically as it pertains to leadership structure and power dynamics. So it got to a point where I was like, I don't actually know that I can keep submitting myself, subjecting myself to this system. I don't know that I can keep contributing to it 
keep participating in it, keep benefiting from it, and keep suffering from it as well, which I did all of those things. And I'm not happy to admit that, but I was a part of the system for a long time. I learned how to play the game. I learned the questions I was allowed to ask, the ones that were taboo or off limits, and then how to also gatekeep myself. I hate that I did it. I'm sad and I'm embarrassed that I was part of, a part of this, but so many of us don't realize that's what's happening because this was indoctrinated into us from such a young age. We grew up into this system and we learned how to compromise and make do and in the name of honor and loyalty, reconcile these discrepancies in our morals with what was being practiced. My journey brought me to a point where that was no longer acceptable. I couldn't keep doing it anymore and remain in good conscience. On Sunday morning, we have everybody facing the same direction, listening to one person. And in this ecosystem and structure, we are actually endorsing a message that's not communicated in spoken language, but absolutely practiced that everybody in the seats is a follower, is a listener, is an adherent, is a spectator. And the people who are powerful and who are able to make a difference and who are called by God are the ones who have the microphone, the one behind the pulpit, the one on this stage. I know most leaders are not trying to send this message to the group, I don't think, but that message is absolutely coming to the people and it's absolutely having an effect on their lives. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to make disciples and teach these people to observe everything that Jesus has shown us. And I am not seeing that practiced in this system. And then to support this thing from a, a giant broad swath is that the congregations I'm describing are largely composed of people who have a superstitious relationship with scripture. They don't engage in critical thinking. They don't take personal responsibility in their relationship with the Holy Spirit. They usually replace the authority God's voice is supposed to have in their life with some human person in a leadership position at church to give them the confidence or the security or the comfort they're looking for. They're indoctrinated to see in the Bible what the guy on the stage is saying and how they're supposed to read it. There's a superstitious relationship with scripture that is getting in the way of transformation and progress in these people's lives and in their contribution to society. I'm not trying to speak critically of other people. I'm saying I witnessed this firsthand for a long time and I also fell prey to this system. So at this point, I wanted to take a moment to just acknowledge I've observed this stuff along the way for a long time and I don't think it's appropriate or acceptable at this point to continue doing these things without stopping asking questions and genuinely changing not just our behavior and our attitudes, but our practices. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be critical. I want to be responsible with what I'm aware of and what I'm recognizing is the cause and effect of things we're absolutely seeing happen in the world, chiefly within the church. The lives of the people who make up the church bodies that I'm describing bear the fruit of what this system is producing or not. So I'm investing a lot of time and energy personally right now, looking at these things, asking very honest questions of myself, the structure within me of how I got here and what I was indoctrinated with and how I was trained to be successful within that system and divest from some of these unsound practices because the end result is not to get the church leaders bills paid and pay off the building, the end result should be empowering and enriching the quality of the lives of the people that we're serving and seeing them transform, seeing the image of Christ coming out fuller and fuller in them. Is Sunday morning producing that end? Is that the answer? Is that the solution? Have we arrived? I, I hope it's clear that my response to that question is a resounding no. I don't know what the answer is at the moment. I'm doing a lot of R&D over here with my team. We've got a lot of theories and questions. I just know it can't be what we've been doing. We have to change some things about 
our normalcy that are not producing what God intended. So I want to know from you guys, I know you have stories. I know things have happened to you. I know you've run into some strange, confusing, invisible ceilings or walls or dead ends in your experience with the church. I'd love for you to be able to share in the comments below what are some of the things that you've run into. And the goal is not to critique or judge or condemn any particular individual or particular group of people, but more specifically to become conscious of this system that I'm talking about and for us to wake up to ways that we've participated, fallen prey to, and empowered this system that's not authored by God can we dismantle this system of oppression and bring justice and truth into this place? Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.